Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. Hey everybody, Chris here. Just stopping by to remind you that this was a live-ish episode. As the night wore on, we had a couple more drinks, a couple more people showed up. There's an energy to this episode that I love. It may fall apart around the last song, but honestly, that's more than the last song deserves anyway. Alright, on with the show. Previously on Now and Again, Volume 6. And this, I'm trying not to be shitty. I'm trying really hard not to be shitty. And sit in the back row and get a really awkward handy <laughs> and in a public place. Like, and granted, there's a lot of reasons I don't have a chance with Jennifer Lopez. Double middle fingers up, kick flip out of the room on a skateboard. We play this song on the radio. We play this song on the radio. Hi, welcome back. Chris Murray. Hey. Now, uh, side B, volume six. We're, we're filming this live. Uh, filming, recording this live. We've got a studio audience. Oh my god! They're really bad at clapping. My wife is in the audience, and I, I fucking hate her. Uh, this is this is our first live episode. So, uh, well, the second half of it. Better? Is that better? Yes. You're the you. only one who did it. I know. Well, I'm here with my part. Do you think the audience remembers Evan and Jaron? Because I certainly don't. Anyone out there? Who? Exactly. Evan and Jaren, crazy for this girl. I remember that this song was unavoidable. It was absolutely everywhere. Okay, so on, on the last episode, you talked about how there was a lot of songs that you had no recollection of. But again, like, I, I've looking, never heard this song. Reading, before. reading the list, right? And I was like, I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't know who Evan and Jaron is. I don't. I don't know the second. The second that that like viol, viola or violin intro came in. Theremin. Yeah. Who knows? It's not the Beach Boys, but like the second it came in, it was like she. I was like, oh, this fucking song. Oh. This has been piped into every elevator I've ever been in my entire life. Yes, I. Did have, you write that? So my notes say, <laughs> if this came on in Bed Bath and Beyond. Uh, while I was shopping on a friend's registry, I wouldn't hate it. No, exactly. That's what's made for. It's got, made. It's made to like placate you through life. I've got a stack of coupons in my hand. <laughs> like I, I'm in this phase where all of my friends are getting married, so I've been to a lot of Bed Bath and Beyonds recently. I've got this stack of Bed Bath and Beyond coupons. This comes on. I'm I'm tapping the stack against my my hip. I'm like, okay, I, I dig this song, but I've never heard this. No, this is in that. my mind. This is in the same category as like. Trains drop drops of Jupiter. Okay, or... I was putting this with um last episode we had BB Mac and a big selling point of them was hey this is a boy band that plays their own music. Okay, and I feel like that's what these guys are because they look like they are out of a LL Bean catalog. I also put this in the same category as um, uh, Vertical Horizons. Everything you want. I wrote down uh, this is the story of a girl. Story of a girl. Also that same kind of category of like. I'm pining for you, but I'm angsty, yes. but you don't know me because I'm your best friend and I'm in the friend zone. I'm singing to you. I expect I'm serenading you from the friend zone. I expected a band called Aaron and Jaren, Aaron and Evan and Jaren. Evan and Jaren. Those are very uh, waspy names. That's like a North Dakota <laughs> hockey team right there. 
I expected it to be more boy bandy and less like we're a pop band that plays our own music. So songs. you didn't think that Evan and Jared were maybe from Utah and the full song is crazy for this girl, but I respect your space and I'll oh. wait till we're married. Uh, I'll wait till they're my second wife. Yeah, no, I definitely. I'm crazy for this girl as long as she keeps an aspirin between her knees. Absolutely feels that way. <laughs> uh, if you told me that this was the cast of Supernatural, I would believe it. Yes. They are just beautiful boys. According to WikiWikiWawalpedia, uh, this song appeared on a Dawson's Creek soundtrack. Like, that makes so much sense because they not, look... There's nothing surprising They about look that. like they're from Dawson's Creek. Yeah. They're from the creek. But this song in and of itself is very no, this was, forgettable. This, it, it was... It, I remember it being unavoidable. That's crazy. I have no memory yeah. of this song. I, I it, it really it really was it was like you're in the grocery store you heard it you were on the school bus and like the school buses had the worst fucking radios they only pipe in the most local poppy channels yeah. you know because they have the the most bandwidth let's play the Z Morning Zoo in the morning exactly yeah. and so like we'd hear it there it, it you know it was kind of cute so I'd hear it in classrooms I hear it over PA announcements it was fucking everywhere. I I believe it I just, I just I I missed this song mm. um I don't think it's that bad there's there's this long line of on uh, now these guitar driven pop songs like this is the story of the girl or, or vertical horizon i think this is better than a lot of those because these guys can harmonize mm. they have a good idea of what a song specifically a pop song sounds like and they've made a pretty good one so i don't hate this song at all it's just a song that i never knew existed until now and um like i said i assumed that these guys were uh, just a boy band like a two-person boy band based on their extremely waspy name. Right. Um, so I, I guess I got a little bit more than I expected. A step up from where we left off on now, which was a lot of mediocre R&B and a slightly better than average Backstreet Boys song. No, this was like, this is, again, this is like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, no, this is what singer-songwriters sound like now. It's, it's a very, like, they write their own music and they're a band. But they still use electric instruments. They don't use acoustic instruments. It's not folky. It's more modern. Also, but it, these are like the coffee house singer songwriters. And they have to be fuckable. That's how it was marketable. Because you can always look at the coffee house was marketed by like friends. Oh like, god, this is, yeah. This is like this is where the new artist is going to come out of. This is like this is where you 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 find the attractable attractive guy who can play the guitar. And serenade you at the coffee house. It's that, it's that kind of sound. That's what I said about B.B. Mac on the last episode. It was like, um, these are not guys who went into the industry trying to play this music. It's they got discovered and some producer went, these guys are fuckable. Uh, will you make this music? And they went, for how, sorry, for how much money? Yeah. And they went, yeah, all right, sure. Fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. And I feel like that's where this is. Um, it's a producer's like, hey, you know what? This might not be your sound, but I have a box that I can put you in, yeah. and you're going to make a fuck ton of money in that box. And it's really hard for like young artists not to be like, yeah, I'll live in that box. And it's, it's a question that's come up a lot on this podcast that I've – again, the question has been the same. You had a different answer between Backstreet Boys and Sync, so maybe you'll have a different answer here. It's the, the question of like, would you rather have one hit and be on like the fairground circuit for the rest of your life, mm. or would you rather never have a hit? Me personally, honestly, it's it's the smaller spaces. Like, like from shows I've been to, from uh, concerts I've seen, uh, from stand-up that I've seen, it's always the smaller rooms that are more intimate and feel better. Um, one of the best shows I've ever been to uh, was a three-night event. I, I saw Bad Religion's 30th anniversary. 
Uh, it was it was a, a one-time event thing. They did it at Irving Plaza, which is one of my favorite venues in the city. Big high stage. Yeah. Short venue with a balcony. It's tight. You're, yeah, I saw you're, 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 there a couple of Absolutely on top of Great show. And it was a three-night, um, and we bought the, the, the Mac Daddy tickets, which was, um, you got to go to all three nights. I hope first, that's what they were called. The Mac Daddy tickets. They should, they should have been. Um, uh, the first night was everything from the 80s. The second night was everything from the 90s, and everything was uh, the third night was everything from the 2000s. I bet that was the most available ticket. Uh, it, it, it was. Um, the 80s fucking went fast. What, what, was super, what was super cool was we got the tickets to see them all three nights. We went all three nights. The set list from like the 2000s and on and the 90s and on were like 1920 songs and like four or five encores. Because that's just, that's just in the set list now. Like the whole, the whole pomp and circumstance of the encore is bullshit. Yeah. Just to like, no, we'll clap really loud and they'll come back and, and we can't, we'll just pretend that we can't see those songs on the set. They're on the set list. They're there. What was amazing was that the 80s night was like 52, 57 songs long. Holy shit. Because it was 80s punk. So a minute and a half. A minute and a half songs. Super fucking short, like tight, hot, like fucking ram through it. Like that was, that was just interesting to say. But yeah, but one of the... The better shows that I have seen have always been in smaller venues. So I would a hundred like, what, am I, I? I assume so. If I'm an artist, I'm at least working. I'm feeding myself. I don't have to be making millions, but I'm doing the thing I love and I'm connecting on a personal level. I choose smaller venues. And I, I completely understand that answer, but I, I think. I would take the one hit because you can still do that. Like there are people – I live right near um, a music venue in New Jersey called Starland Ballroom. Mm-hmm. And like Hanson plays there like every year. Like once a year, Hanson is at Starland Ballroom. Like they were kind of a one-hit wonder. Like I'm sure Hanson fans know multiple Hanson songs. But like well, everyone just kind of knows Mbop. So that's that's 100% how fans see like Bare Naked Ladies. Most people only know them for like one or two hits. But because they're Canadian, they're not American. Like they have a – Pretty sizable volume at this point. Mm. It's kind of gotten a little insane. I wonder if people yell out for them to play the Big Bang Theory theme song these days. They play it. Oh my god! No, that's a right. Re- and that's, that's also what's great about them is that they'll regularly just put out their concert recordings, like at no charge to their fans. You know what? That's all fine. I'd rather have one week be my big song than have to play the Big Bang Theory theme song for the rest of my life. When I <laughs> I worked at uh, the traveling theater. The Black Box Theater at uh, Rhode Island Valley Community College for you know, eight or nine years, and so we would always see sort of it's a it's a five hundred seat venue, so it's a smaller venue. We'd see smaller things come through. Uh, interestingly enough, a lot of Irish folk music would come through, like the Chieftains, Clancy Brothers, shit like that. It's the right amount of seats for them. But what came through twice was um, do you remember Rockapella? From uh, Carmen San Diego. From Carmen San Diego. Do it, Rockapella. Rockapella came through multiple times, and they would have to close the show with the Carmen San Diego theme song. They oh, have no. they have albums upon albums of acapella music, oh, and they're beautiful. No, that's they're so great. Sad. And I ran the spotlight for one of their shows. They closed the show with Carmen San Diego, and it is a showstopper. I, I don't give a shit. It's, it's fucking amazing. But what bummed me out is you know what one of the songs they had to sing was. They the did best part of waking up. They did an activate the soldiers, yes, and they did it in concert. You oh, nailed it. You one hundred percent nailed it. God. It was the most like. I feel like I knew that. I I, I didn't sub like I feel like I subconsciously knew that they did that. Yeah. Otherwise, I never would have yeah. guessed that. Yep, 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 yep. And so they do it because they. I'm sure they do, they do it relatively early in the show 
because they don't want people shouting, Folgers Coffee! Do the coffee song, monkey! Like, they just, that sucks. And so I literally, from that alone, I'm like, I don't want the one-hit wonder. I don't want the one song. I'd rather it just be an intimate show with people who fucking know my shit than, like, half the assholes came because they want to hear me do Margaritaville and I don't do Margaritaville anymore because well, I'm a I think there's a difference dick. between your song being Closing Time and your song <laughs> being um, the the 2001 holiday Toyota sales-a-thon theme. Like, there's a difference there, at least. They might be the same thing. There's, there is a there, I would love it if there's literally a band somewhere that's like, what else do you want to hear? And someone's like, Old Navy performance fleece. And they're like, how did you know? How did you know that we made that song? The fuck I, is wrong with you? So I have, actually, I have two, two, two comments based on that. One, that's kind of what the Who Sells Out album is. It's kind of this parody of like um, bands who just make jingles and become mm-hmm. famous off it. Also, I wonder if um, uh, Metalocalypse, Death Clock, when they did like the coffee song, I wonder if that's a parody of that. Um, secondly, there's... Why don't jingle writers tour? Why don't jingle writers tour with just like... Like like a Gershwin piano, and they're like, oh, "I bet you all know this one." And then they, they and every, the crowd goes fucking nuts, and they're one, like, I eight, bet you, seven, seven you, cars for kids." Fuck, yeah, fucking, but like, how do they? Like, and I bet you know this one too. And I bet you know this one too. I'm a fucking jingle writer. Like, it's just how do they not tour? Ah, uh, yeah, because I want to say people won't go and see that, but people I guess will they go won't. and see that. Oh shit! The other thing was untapped market. There was an ad campaign. Probably like six or seven years ago, an Old Navy Christmas ad campaign that used this song that was really, really catchy and like really good. Like this 30 second loop of a song. And the song caught me so much that I ended up Googling like, what is the Old Navy song? And it led me to this this artist, this Canadian synth pop artist called Lights, who has become one of my favorite artists now. And I never would have looked into her if I didn't hear this stupid old navy commercial song um and i i I love her she's great she's uh like beyond that like she has so many good albums so we're just not gonna address the fact that you're wearing old navy like head to toe i only (laughs) wear old navy now Um, all of my clothing is performance fleece This has gotten um, way off the rails. No, this, this is what the <laughs> podcast is for. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, so we've kind of, I guess we've validated or invalidated. I don't even know anymore. Aaron and Jared, uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, this I mean, brought to you by Old Navy. One, eight, seven, seven. <laughs> All right, um, the next song, the next song has certainly been used in a whole lot of shit. This band probably could have had this one song and been fine. And been done. But then he would have never married Gwyneth Paltrow and had a kid named and Apple. Divorced, and then divorced her. Uh, excuse me. Mutual Mutually, separation? Uh, no, no. What, what? Why are you looking at I just feel like you're, you guys you're, would know. I don't know. You have a computer behind you. I thought you were the research center. Oh, uncoupling. Yes. That's the, uh, emotionally uncoupling. That's yes, it. Yes. It was some something sort of, like that. Conscious uncoupling. Conscious uncoupling. I had conscious uncoupling. uncoupling. I had uncoupling. Um, anyway. such a bullshit fucking This term. is uh, Yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> Oh, poor Apple. That kid's going to grow up in a broken home. And also his name is Apple. Yeah, but you know what? Vanilla Bean is Or her. I don't don't even know. Apple's a... Apple is a female. Okay. But Vanilla Bean's fine. What about Bronx Mowgli? 
Who's Bronx Moonlight? I think that's Vanilla Bean. Vanilla Bean is Cobain. Francis Bean. Vanilla Bean. <laughs> no, it is Francis Bean. <laughs> I knew it. I knew. Outside of Vanilla Bean. If you want to go Nirvana on me. <laughs> no, Bronx Moakley is Ashley nah, nah. Simpson. Let's just get double down on me being right. Yes. Bronx Moakley is Ashley Simpson and Pete Wentz. All of that will be edited out of the podcast. Um, Please don't. Please keep all of that podcast gold. This, this is keep definitely spinning that podcast gold. This is definitely an episode that's gonna have like a twenty minutes deleted scenes. Gold, gold, like a prospector day. I want to know where to gold at. Give me the gold. I want the gold. Y'all seen a leprechaun? Say yeah. No, none of you have seen that video. If you if you edit all this out, I will friendship uncouple from you. This is all being edited out. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the next song, as if <laughs> Yellow by Coldplay. Yeah, they were all yellow. I came along. I wrote a song for you. You know what? Fuck you. I like Coldplay. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I'll, I'll add a caveat to that since the audience just hissed at me for saying that. Coldplay is the kind of band where I've tried the albums, and I don't like to listen to Coldplay for, like, 50 minutes. Well, I'm, the, I'm actually the same way with Radiohead. Oh, yeah. I, I like Radiohead. I know I'm supposed to love Radiohead. I like Radiohead. I'm supposed, I'm, I should love Radiohead, but it's always too much. Uh, I've been boohist, Joey, um, for not liking Radiohead as well on this show. Yeah, Radiohead is another band where, like, I like the hits. There's nothing wrong with liking Creep. There, I, I, I agree. I think Kid A is a fantastic album. Give me that. After that, there's way less. I, I just don't... See, I, it, I need a good hook. That's true. I will say, though, uh, Rainbows is probably my favorite album. It, yeah, and about. Rainbows is pretty good. But again, like I cannot listen to it multiple times in a row. That new I album, need, I, I need liked... To take a, I need to take like a bubble bath and feel good about myself, because I'm, I'm going to be too sad. That new album, I liked like three of the songs. Mm. and like I understood that the rest was good, but like I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, no, I like Coldplay. I don't... I don't it, my notes for this were just that it's interesting that they have been around. It's 2001. They they, they formed in well, – they had a couple different other band names. Uh, they formed in the mid-90s. Uh, they got big in the UK in like 99, 2000, and Yellow is their first big hit. In the US, it only charts up to like four or five. It doesn't hit number one because you think of Coldplay as number one, and very few of their singles have actually hit that. Absolutely fucking love the video. Just very simple, walking on a beach. Single shot. Poncho, yeah. Single shot, first, like, you know, just on Chris Martin through dawn. And that, and that's it. That's it. You watch the sunrise and that's like... And I like it's a happy so, accident. Like, the clouds break right at the end of that video. Yeah. And I and watching it, me being a cynic, I'm like, how much of this is... Am I looking at a CGI sun? But because it's subtle, you wouldn't think that much compared to the other CGI shit that we've seen yeah. all this so far. You'd be like, oh, maybe, oh, maybe it's a happy accident, or maybe they just timed it. Because I have seen sunrises happen in like, you know, it's a four and a half minute long music video. That's totally doable. They just timed it well. It is really nice, and because it's not, it's a shitty fucking day. It's an awful fucking because he's in a poncho, mm-hmm. and you look at him, and you're like, Chris Martin's cold. He's cold. <laughs> like that shit. That shit sucks. Yeah. No, I really like that. Full disclosure to the audience, we we just spent like 20 minutes, because like I said, we have an audience here, um, looking at pictures of ourselves from like 10 years ago. Uh, Chris Martin looks like a fucking baby in this video. Still looks like a baby. 
uh, he's at least got some facial hair. He looks like a man now. Yeah, that's Chris, true. He's a he's a young kid in this video. And it's, yeah. it's, it, that makes it more impressive that they put the song together because the song is really good. There's that guitar buildup in the chorus that works really well for it's me. It's very well structured. It is an extremely – they've always known how to write a pop yeah. song. I feel like they've lost the ability to write a pop song actually as they've gotten – as, as they've gotten Do you think bigger, they're trying too hard now? Yes, I do. I think they're a stadium band and they're trying to do weird they're, shit. They're chasing something, but they don't necessarily know what that something is. I think is. Viva La Vida is the last time they wrote a good song. Mm. I know they had another album after that, like Vi- Violet Hill or something like that, and it just wasn't good. Mm. I wish they'd go back to writing um, Scientist and Clocks. And um, I do wonder if there's, there's, there's a certain pressure on like bigger – and they're – it's not a pop artist. It's a band. It's a mm-hmm. big mainstream band. I, I really, and especially coming from the UK, I do wonder if there is a pressure of like, all right, we've gotten to this point. The Beatles did this at this point. The Rolling Stones did this at this point, And Pink Floyd did this. What are, what are we going to do? There and there are things. There, there are things I've seen. I'm like, well, no, this is a Beatle influence. This is, this is a Stones. This is, and they do seem to be following more of a, Roger Waters influence of like, no, we need to be experimental and we need to use orchestral when we feel like it. And and it's going to be, we're going to tell a story with our albums, which is good. But if you don't have that flushed out beforehand, if you feel like it's something that you're supposed to do, it gets lost. I just hope that they realize or have the power to at least assert the fact that like music's not the same as it was in 1974. Right. And I, I don't and that's think its own, they do. That's its own like pitfall. Yeah. I think Coldplay's biggest sin, and it's cool to hate on Coldplay. I didn't think their Super Bowl show was that last year. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, was that last year? I think it was like was it Coldplay, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars? Was that just last year? I think it was. I right? think it was. Yeah, they were fine. Um, they, they shared the stage. They probably could have done it alone. They didn't have to. Um, I'm super excited for Lady Gaga. I'm so excited. I'm for so Lady excited. Gaga to rock the Super Bowl. I am so excited. I was so excited for Katy Perry to do it two years ago, and it was great. Yep. Um, I think she's going to be great. I think uh, Coldplay is like a stadium band. I wouldn't go see Coldplay. Coldplay is a greatest hits band. I like their greatest hits. I think Scientist so it's in that, is it's a, a fantastic it's, song. It's in that category of like you win tickets or you're given tickets. You'll go. I'd pay ten dollars to see Coldplay. Exactly, but again, like it's a lot more than I'd pay for a lot of bands. I'm saying, like, you're given, or you w- like, it's a call and show, whatever. And you're like, yeah, fine, fuck it. You're not gonna spend the one fifty two. Fuck ever. No, fuck that shit. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't spend I'm, that on my favorite band though. At the same time, so so like, I saw Lady Gaga. Um, I think that was a gift. That was a Christmas gift for my ex. But I think like she paid eighty, and like if it went above that, I would have been like, no, don't. Don't drop that money. Oh, I'll I'll spend. I've yet to see her live. I'll spend dumb amounts of money. These days, you'll have to. I saw her before, before Bad Romance. Yeah, I will. I will. I'm so okay with spending stupid amounts of money to see her. I've wanted to see again. We're talking about like stadium rock. Yes. Um, where it's like you acknowledge maybe the band isn't that great, but like you still want to see the show. I've wanted to see the Killers for a long time. But like oh, I that won't would be fun. I won't put it exactly, but I won't. That put would, out the yeah, money. that would be really fun. I won't put out the money that they want. They're really they're touring at that that level. Well, here's the thing: it's so hard to get tickets these days because we live in the age of StubHub, where computers will just buy yeah. up tickets and then fuck yeah. you. Unless you're like getting you know pre-sell codes or exactly. some shit. You know, it's a shitty situation. But I would I would see Coldplay. So my my parents saw Coldplay live because my mother's sister, um, her husband, my uncle, is a, is a big fan of Coldplay. Mm-hmm. So they were like, "Hey, Coldplay, we couldn't get tickets for the season in Boston where we live, um, but they're playing at at uh, Meadowlands." 
So we want to come down and see them. We got four tickets. You come. So my, my mother and father went to see Coldplay. Um, they did not know Coldplay before they went to see the show. They asked me to to be like, hey, can you give me like an intro to Coldplay? Like, can you like burn us a CD? This was a couple years ago when burning CDs was a thing. So I just, I, <laughs> I looked up the, the set list and I burned them the set list. And uh, they were like, they learned the songs. They learned the general lyrics. You know, they could tap along to clocks. Right. Um, they were like, they put on an amazing show. But yeah, any stadium band is going to put on a great show. Yeah. Of course they are. That's what they do. I think their biggest sin is inspiring uh, bands like The Fray and One Republic. Like these kind of shitty bands that are just doing Coldplay. But is, it, is that their fault? Not at all. It's their producers and other studios' fault. So I, I can't, I can't, I can't that lay that at the feet of Coldplay and be like, Chris Martin, look at what you did. No. Look at what you did on the carpet. Right. Look at what you did. And it's not his fault. It's not their fault. But I think that is the thing that most people hate them for. Mm. Is not for Coldplay. It's the more the broader idea of what Coldplay hath wrought. I love them because they're in a super tight, super small cameo in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah, they are. That's yeah, the very end. At the yeah. absolute very end, they're in a very, very tight, very, I, very, very tight I like Coldplay. Uh, cameo. Every time I've seen Chris Barton, he's got a really good sense of humor about himself. He seems like kind of Teflon and like yeah. shit, just like, okay, well, I don't care. I can't hate Coldplay. I can think That's some of their songs jealous. are worse than others, but this is still the band that made The Scientist and Fix yeah. You, and I think those songs are unimpeachable. So Fix You's perfect. Yeah. That's I, literally I, a perfect song. I have no problem with Coldplay, mm-hmm. and when they come up, for a long time on the rest of this, I'm not going to have... You're going to have to recuse yourself. I, I No, I'm just going to defend them. <laughs> I mean, like, I've tried... I remember when, I think, the, the that album with Fix You and Speed of Sound was called, like, X and Y. I can't listen to that album all the way through, even then. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to listen to a whole Coldplay album. But, like, if you say, here's the greatest hits of Coldplay, I could probably listen to that for an hour and a half. No problem. And I feel that way about a lot of bands. Like, um... The Foo Fighters are that way for me. I can't listen to a full Foo Fighters album, but give really? me their greatest hits all the way. Like I will, I will belt out Everlong all day. So is that a Dave Grohl hang up? Is that a Foo Fighter hang up? Like, do you, have you listened to Probot? Uh, I don't know what that is. Probot was a metal project that Dave Grohl did. Oh no, I have no problem with like, Dave Grohl stuff. Like um, okay. the 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 Queens of the Stone Age album that he drummed on and all that kind of thing. Like that's fine. It's just the Foo and Fighters his, in general. His stuff with the Tenacious Day, like... Yeah, and, like, I just don't like the Foo Fighters, cut, like, deep cuts. Like, mm. the, their, their track stuff. Same, uh, and to a lesser extent, because I don't like this band very much, but, like, if the Red Hot Chili Peppers come on the radio, I won't turn them off. But, like, if you're like, hey, do you want to listen to this Red Hot Chili Peppers album? I'll be like, fuck no. I, I get that. I, get, I actually get the, the Chili Peppers reference. Um, what's interesting, something that might turn you around on it, you need to listen to their, um, to Jupiter. Are we talking about Chili Peppers or Foo Fighters here? Chili Peppers. Okay. If you have Spotify, I know it's there. Uh, it's worth listening to. It's a double album. Kind of like how... Oh, see, I can't imagine ever listening to an album of the Chili Well, no, it's it's very much like, it's like, uh, how the the, the, the Bravery did the Moon and the Sun album. It's the same 12 tracks, just alternate versions of the same tracks. Uh, it's it's rad. It's worth it's it's worth tr- just trying. Like tip tip your toes. It's worth trying. I'm not. And again, I'm not trying to sell you. I under I 100 percent understand being like eh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Not my thing. Yeah, no. Not all of us are born and raised in California. Yeah. we're not going to get that shit. That's, I don't need that's every complete- third lyric to be California. Yeah, no. It's it's completely understandable. 
Um, Foo Fighters, that's that's in, that's interesting. And yeah, you're right. No, certain certain albums are difficult to get through. There there have been albums that maybe I've struggled through a little bit longer than I should have. Uh, but I will always give Dave Grohl the benefit of the doubt because he is a consummate professional in everything he does. What I've mentioned before was Probot. Probot was a metal project that he did because um, he essentially was tired of hearing people shit on Nirvana for killing metal. Hmm. And so he did a whole album of different guitarists and different bassists, and all he wanted to do was drums. He wanted to get back to Dave. And all he did was drums. The most prominent song, the, the one they, they released uh, for single, is Shake Your Blood. And it, the lead guitarist and vocalist is is Lemmy from Motorhead. All right, And it's fucking, it's one of the hardest, raddest fucking shit. And it's a great music video. And it, But again, the whole album hits all these different types of metal. Okay. So, you know, traditional, hardcore, thrash. Fucking Viking Did metal. Did he, he also hits... do stuff with Eagles of Death Metal? Is that him? Yeah. Or is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, audience. No, he, he's he's one of these people that just like whatever he touches, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna listen to it all the way through. I like Dave Grohl. It's just I feel like there's a lot of bands, and maybe it's it's even stuff like uh, I feel like the best example of that is like think about like the stuff you grew up with that your parents listened to. Okay. Like, I feel like if your parents listen to, like, a band that's very famous and, like, you're thinking about it now, like, you probably like the singles. Like, for example, my dad loved um, Queen, so I heard a lot of Queen. And I can listen to full Queen albums. A lot of people can't. A lot of people don't know, like, the deep dives, like, what they did from Night at the Opera and, like, mm. the weird shit that Queen was doing. Most people are just like, you know, we were Rocky, we are the champions. What's the we're creepy Rocky. album that the robot is, like, picking them up and he's got that weird... Blank fate. No, not Queen. Nothing. No, it's Queen. Mm. It's Queen. Um, but I'm going like, to be rude. I'm going to search something on my phone but, while okay, we're talking. So then, simultaneously, my mother loved Rod Stewart. And, like, I can listen to, like, Maggie Mae and Young Turks and <laughs> stuff like that. But, like, I can't listen to a Rod Stewart album. But, like, I love the hits. And I, I just feel like it's, like, it's okay for you to like the hits of a band. Like, that's not a fault against them. Like, most bands are trying to make the hits, you know? By the way, it's uh, News of the World, and he's creepy as fuck. Oh, see, okay, that's just like a, an art thing. I was expecting, like, a, a photorealistic thing of, like, no. a robot picking them up. No, that gave me... I also don't know that Queen album. Yeah, no. Uh, Nightmares for Life, viewers at home, look up news Queen, News of the World... And you don't, oof, ooh, you're really going to say you don't know this album? What's on it? We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions, Sure Heart Attack, All Dead, All Dead, Spread Your Wings. No, see, I feel like by that point, like, by the time I was alive, like, and listening to music, like, 92, I feel like by that point, all of that stuff was on, like, Greatest Hits. It was on Greatest Hits. Yeah, so I never knew the album. I knew, like, like, Queen, Queen 2 that had, like, those, anyway, fuck it. Anything else about Coldplay? Oh, God, we're still talking about Coldplay. No. Okay. Let's move on to Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. Again. The, the biggest dick in the industry? Literally? I'm so glad that I didn't have to be the person who referenced Lenny Kravitz's giant penis. It's huge. It's so, it's so, 
he broke leather pants. He hulked through which, pants. Which, by the way, no, he was wearing leather pants. Do you know what the stitching on leather pants looks like? I don't, but it's I imagine it's fucking it's paint. It's stitching through leather pants. Like that's not a that's not a bullshit. That's not like stitching on yoga pants. That's not stitching on jeans. That's animal skin that has to be held together. Well, it's not like and his like, dick erupted through no, it. No, it's not gloriously. like his dick actually erupted through it. It's not like he was like. I'm on stage and I'm getting hard and oh god my penis has burst through my pants. You don't know. He like went he like went to his knees to shred and like he just he was they were too tight and it ripped in the right place and his dick just flopped out. Anyway, I had to put that in the show notes, which is why I have seen and studied Lenny Kravitz's I think pierced pierced dick. No, it is yeah. pierced. He has a Prince um, Albert. <laughs> this yeah, I like this song more than I like his stuff like um, American Woman. Mm. Where it's just kind of like, oh, this is just like... It's an homage to the original. American Woman is not actually inspired as a cover. It's yeah, literally it's just like an the homage. same song. And um, um, this one, I all I wrote was that like I kind of remember it. Oh, I really like this song. It's good, and that's why I also wrote why wasn't it, why wasn't it on Rock Band? Oh, this a lot of Lenny Kravitz stuff would be really fun in Rock Band. Yeah, he would be great. He won four straight Grammys in the same category. For best male uh, rock vocal performance, and this was right there. No shit. In the middle of it, that it's the biggest streak ever for the same. Because like listening Grammy. to it, and I can't play guitar, I can't sing well, or but I was like, this is the kind of song for the listener at home. I, I worked in a a, uh, a play by the hour arcade that had home consoles. And a regular thing that we did every night was set up rock band for people. And I really do. I, I look at the song and I question, why Why wasn't this on rock band? Or why wasn't this on Guitar Hero? It, it should have been. This is this is a shameful absence. This is this is kind of just like um, a, a strummy acoustic ballad. Um, and one of the... I looked into the song because I didn't remember it until I heard this. And I really liked it. One of the... the I, I read a critic's review of this and... One of the negatives was that it sounds like a Brian Adams song, but like mm, fuck you, like if fuck you. if you don't sing along to Heaven, like fuck you, I don't want to be your friend. Oh, like that's I'm, not an a critics review. Oh, this sounds like another artist who's real good at what he yeah. does. Fuck you. Yeah, that's like, a shitty. That's... And especially it's it's Brian Adams had like seven ballads that sounded the same. Sure, but like Lenny Kravitz had a bunch of cock ro- no pun intended cock rockers, and then he yeah, had no, this sure. like you need a ballad. When yeah. you're making that kind of music. And this is a really good one. Uh, I mentioned R. Kelly, like, he sounds honest about what he's singing. Yes. Lenny Kravitz sounds like he's missing this girl. It hits really well. Also, the video, in a long line of Lenny Kravitz videos, uh, it just shows that he fucks. You don't need a video to know no, that. Lenny Kravitz you can hear fucks. it. You can hear that Lenny Kravitz fucks. Yeah. He's just kind of tired. <laughs> he's just always slightly exhausted. And you're just like... Oh yeah, he's oh he's in the, he's in the studio nude. He's just naked. He's he's just so tired he couldn't even put on a robe. Oh, Lisa he's... Bonet, we have to do this again. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I, I, this song is I'm super okay with the song. It's really well written and well composed. So if if you rank, if I'm catching on, if you rank songs on this on uh on the album, I would I would put this as a strong number two, honestly. Um, I put it behind Bye Bye Bye. Okay. Dramatic bombs. Ooh. Um, it's top three. 
I don't know if it's a solid number two. I just, that's fine. I don't want to go. That's I, fine. I actually it's fine that you're reluctant to agree with me. In my in we'll my drunk, in my drunken state between we'll between because uh, there's only gold coming up. He said sarcastically. <laughs> in my drunken state between edits, I threw out my first. So I don't even remember what songs are on this anymore. Um, but like there was oh no, Destiny's Child. So I'd put it behind Bye 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 and behind Shit. Independent Woman. Uh, solid yeah, number really three. Good. Solid three. Uh, okay. Right. Oh, you know what? I'd actually put it behind Yelled as well. So it's tough. It's it's number four. Shit. We don't. I really would write. pay money for this album right now. This is a good. Now that's what I call music. It is. It's certainly better than next month's, which I can't find a guest for. Um, I but, will be out of the country. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like Lenny Kravitz. I like <laughs> Lenny Kravitz did his job for a while. He made some good music, and now he's in some Hungry Games movies. Good for him. Really love him in in the Hunger Games. So I haven't. I only watched the first one and went, "Nah, I'm good." But like the best part of the Hunger Games movies were the people who were not in the Hunger Games, like Lenny Kravitz, Elizabeth Banks, Woody Harrelson, yeah, um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P. They were like the um, oh, uh, Sutherland, Donald Sutherland. Like they were all the best part of the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, the actual games themselves were the worst part of those movies. The tertiary characters were great. So we kind of went from like forgettable R&B to singer-songwriter stuff, and Lenny Kravitz kind of makes that bridge into this underbite rock that we're getting now. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's like you're you're singing with your jaw. Yeah. Uh, into Fuel's Hemorrhage. Oh, shit. We're up, to, we're up to this now, yeah? Parentheses in my hands. In my hands. Like, just, those of you at home, if you don't understand what underbite rock is, just sing this song and try not to use mostly jaw. Like, you can't do it. Your jaw is just shooting out of your face. Well, no, you're you're, you're singing and maybe not speaking, because he does speak lyrics in the song. Yeah. Because he, he establishes, like, da-da-da-da-da. That's all talking. It's, there's, there's no, like, rhyme to it. He only sings the vowels. This was a very late 90s, early 2000s thing. We're going to get into it more with uh, the next song. But with with this, it's, it's you know, in my hands and get him. It's all vowel. It's vowel heavy. I believe that Nathan Rabin calls it Hunger Dunger Rock, which is also <laughs> a pretty good name for it. Yeah, like the next band, uh, spoiler alert, it's Creed. But this shit started with Pearl Jam. Like all of that yeah. is this very much like, yeah, I, w- I will say. Like you're singing, it from, yeah, you're singing it from the throat and the chin. It's that sound. But I will say that I was I was obsessed with this song. Really? In high school. I, I, I like the very end of it has this really good like rock hook to it. Mm-hmm. And also this is what 14, 50 year old. Christian thought was heavy metal. Yeah. I legitimately thought this was heavy metal. I was stuck on like, this is it. This is the most emotional and and aggressive and heavy shit can get. And I had the hardest time finding the song title. Yeah. Because I was trying to, and this is on the next page, but this was one of the first songs I downloaded on Napster. And I had the hardest time finding out just the artist name or the song name because I kept missing it on PST or K-Rock or 97.5. Mm-hmm. 
No, no, he's from Thomas PST. 92.3? 92.3. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, that was K-Rock. Yeah. What was 95.5? I, uh, it wasn't like WPLJ? WPLJ! Yeah, that was, ah, that was it! So, like, I kept hearing it on the song. I, I just always kept missing the station intro of the song. And I would always catch, like, the part of the song that I liked, and they'd be like, oh, it's a great song, here's this. Or it would just lead into another song. And that, that, that drove me insane. So after, like... Many times of trying to listen to it on the radio, and the the, the uh, is two thousand one. So, what? Uh, my family had dial up connection. So trying to find it on like Alta Vista and like just or like, like coming up, you guys, coming something. up with nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah, it was it was completely random. I think I caught the music video. The and music that was video like, was and very was like, prevalent. That's it. That is that is fucking it. I remember the music video more than I remember the song. I actually, I actually think the song is pretty good. In Basic. my hands, a gear hand. If this song was in rock band, I would do it when I was drunk. It's actually, if you if you listen to it, it's like a metal version of like Dave Matthews. Oh, explain. In my hands, a gear hand. Oh, just the voice. Okay. <laughs> okay, like, I, can, I can get that because he sounds like Aaron Neville in a trumpet section okay and so when you go metal it goes a little bit heavier <laughs> i love so all of that it's a weird journey that it takes but it's like a progression of like 90s pop vocal harmony and that's kind of what that whole underbite thing underbite rock thing underbite did. It's rock. Like you're singing it's like you're singing through a reed it's like you're not supposed to yes sing okay yeah saxophones reed but it like that's what they're doing sound that way and that's that's really what a lot of these bands and again it started with pearl jam it's it's what they're doing and there's been so many so bands. it's all eddie's fault it's all vetter's fault that fucking guy but i i think the song is pretty good the video is is silly um it's super blue color corrected so all of the blues are like really popped but like <laughs> So, like, in film, when you correct to a color, it's for a reason. This is just like, they were like, oh, the lead singer's got blue eyes. Let's make everything blue as fuck. And it's like... He wasn't wearing a blue shirt? We'll fix it in post. Or, or like, blue is a really sad color, and this is a sad song. So we'll make blue, is, blue. blue is the warmest color. <laughs> Great movie. Um, it's it's like, the, it's like this, this video exists in, like, the second half of The Ring. Like, the Gore Verbinski Ring. <laughs> It's like a horse just jumped off the side of a boat and also leave life bleeding in my hands. It, what does that mean? What What is, what is, because I remember hemorrhage. rocking out so, yeah, hemorrhage, I get that. But I remember rocking out so hard to that lyric and not fully saying, leave life bleeding. Again, if you enunciate it, it sounds ridiculous. Leave life bleeding in my hands. So many L's. Le- uh, but Le- Leave my bleeding in my hands, in my hands, a gear hen, a hen, a hen. It sounds like it's South Park characters. Hen. Yeah, no, it's again, it's talking like a cartoon. Yes, that's what that underbite kind of rock is, and the next song is. So do I'm the same so thing. I'm so curious about who was in the studio, who was in who was in the booth when that read happened. When they were like, he, he was like, let me do a silly one, <laughs> and and an EP was like. You got like hit the button was like you got it. It's not a silly one. They were like, uh, "I'm gonna do this song like I'm in Pearl Jam." Yeah, I'm gonna do my best Eddie Vedder impression. Yeah, it's really what this is. 
at the same time, I really don't like a lot of that. Again, shouts to Nathan Rabin, like that hunger dunger rock. Like I don't like it. This song is really good, but I don't think I would. I don't know another fuel song. I don't think I would like another. I don't fuel know song. another fuel song. I don't think I'd like it. No. Uh, I think this is it. This song works really well. There's some emotion to it. It well, feels I, I natural. Love it, I actually do love that it ends on. It doesn't end on lyrics. It ends on a guitar out. Yeah, it's a ri- there's a riff at the end. There's, of a, there's this, it ends on this really solid riff, and that's how it fades out, and that's really nice. And most music doesn't do that anymore. They don't trust the musicians to take the song out. It ends on vocals normally, mm-hmm. and it's really in- enjoyable about this. Yeah, this song's solid. It's good. You've just been delivered a taco. I have my own taco. Congratulations. Uh, I feel like we've got some interesting stuff to say about the next song. It's how the, the audience knows that I'm studious. They heard me flipping paper. Yeah, I feel, well, it's it's a live episode. We've got our notes. We've got our pens that we're clicking. We've also got creeds with I'm going to apologize now because I feel like most of my audio has been pen clicking. <laughs> Creed with arms wide open. But exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. No, that's uh, that's a good segue. So, what's 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 hard is that from 2017, looking back, at least me personally, when this album came out in 2001, most of us, and I say us, you mean my friend group, did not know that it was Christian rock. Really. Yes. So this could be because I went to a Catholic high school, but like... We had no idea. Creed was Jesus-y. I mean, no, Scott nope. Stapp loved it was, it to was, put his hands out to the sides and be like, I'm a Jesus pose. Yeah. It was one of those like, oh man, this is really cool. And the, all right, these are the notes that I have. It's like most made fun of band. Oh, easily. Easily. It's 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 low hanging fruit for most comedians. Yes. It's, it's fucking great. Well, because and it's again, an apple and an apple represents temptation. Yes. Us. A singer, a singer that we liked, what we made fun of, he knocked the Eddie Vedder thing out of the park. Yeah, he, he went. Very he, much he overdid it. Does the underbite singing? He overdid it. Uh, studio audience, have you ever met someone who li- admitted they liked Creed? No. Who the fuck likes Creed? That's that's I the question answer. I have. I it's like answer. I don't think that Christian rock people. I don't think Christian rock people like Creed they because they weren't Christian rocky enough. Exactly. They were they were too hardcore. They were straddling the line. Yeah, um, they're trying to be the best of both worlds. Uh, I will say that of this album with arms wide open, uh, my best memory of it. I liked this album when it came out. I I never listened to the album. I, liked, I know it's called Human Clay. Yeah, it's Human Clay. I, I believe there's like a Magic the Gathering card called Human Clay. Yeah, or there's something there's like, like that. there's like uh, a similar. clay there's like a clay Goliath. On, on the something cover, like that. Yeah. yeah, it was very uh, magic. The and, and I, I was very jealous of this album because uh, my best friend Joe Bruno had it, and we used to take turns listening to it on the bus ride from school. And uh, I, I legitimately remember Joey owned it on CD, and I was jealous of it. Now, besides all of that fucking shit, we didn't know it was Christian rock, but I will say, completely unrelated to the song, and it will not come up. Uh, in in the now that's what I call music. For all the shit people give Creed, they did on the uh, soundtrack to the Faculty. Jesus, okay. 
So uh, teachers are. Oh, I love that movie. That great movie. That's Robert Rodriguez, I believe. Yes, uh, it, is, it is. Elijah uh, Wood, Josh Hartnett. Um, Creed does a uh, cover of Alice Cooper's 18. Oh, okay. And it's a solid. It's a solid fucking cover. That's the thing. I don't think Creed is is a. I feel like they have as much musical talent as like. This is going to sound offensive, but it's actually a compliment. They have as much musical talent as like a Nickelback does. Like Keep they're going. on that same level. <laughs> like they're not good. They're competent. They're fine. They're, fu- they're, they're fine. fine. They're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're a solid C plus. They yeah, skate through fine. their. They skate through their senior year, and no one acknowledges them. But like, no one's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, Creed." And this song is it, it, it's this really boring place. But like, it's just about him finding out he's having a kid. Like, yeah. whoopty shit! You're not doing anything interesting with those lyrics. The music is boring <laughs> as fuck. Whoop-dee it's shit. not like it's not like higher. Where like, can you take me higher? Like, there's at least like a cool riff there. Like, there's just nothing going on in this song. This song sucks. I don't care how you feel like the about Steve Creed. Wood, like- Oh, sorry. No, my brain went to the Steve Winwood song of Higher. Oh, no, and like, you went can to, you take me right. high? No, I, I, I literally went to, like, Ghostbusters 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. uh, but, like, there's just nothing... This this is a boring song. Like, regardless of how you feel about Creed as a band, which most people probably hate. No, the, song's, the song is not great. It's not good. It's not great. The Superior Creed is the movie that came out yeah. recently. That movie is fucking great. Um, but yeah, this song is just, uh, I, I have very little interesting to say about this. Um, except that Creed is a joke that sometimes I wonder if Creed and Nickelback deserve as much as shit as they get, but like they probably do. No, but that's good. That's, that's, that's you. You're, 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 you're essentially, you're essentially beating on something. You're like, should I still be beating on this? Yes, I should. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. I checked in. I did. I did a. I did a, a quick computation. It's fine now. So yeah, I should keep doing that. The world needs heels, you know. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and Scott Stapp and Nickelback guy will always be all Nickelback they, guy. They'll always be easy heels to just riff on. Uh, speaking of easy people to riff on, have a beautiful day by you too. All I have written is that, like, what some listeners might not know is this is back when you two uh, would release songs or albums and not just put them on your phone without oh, your permission. Christ, I forgot about that. It still comes across as them trying to prove themselves as relevant. I think this is the last good U2 song, um, and I don't, I like don't like this it. song. I do not like it. I'm with you. I don't love it. I <laughs> I wrote down next to, uh, I, you know, I wrote down YouTube Beautiful Day. My only real note here is Soylent, because they are the Soylent of music. They are bland, tasteless. If you imbibe it, you get your nutrients. Like, yeah. I, I've listened to music. This is music. But that's it. That's yeah. that's what you got out of it. This, this, is, the, the this is the cookie cutter, factory assembled, like, Ikea of music. And the only people who acknowledge that they've listened to them are 40-year-old douchey Silicon Valley assholes. Mm. And it's just like, it, like, you two had their moment. We are past that moment, but they are still... Joshua Tree was a great album. Exactly, yes. It's a great album. Not going to deny, like, late 80s, early 90s, U2 had their time. But, like, we're at a point now where U2 is just making this music that 
oh man, who could care? Except those people who liked the like Joshua Tree, and so they're still singing in the name of love. I f- I feel like maybe we're. I just had this revelation. It's like, are the people who listened to Beautiful Day and went, "That's okay," are they the same people? Like, are we that for Coldplay? I took it in a different direction. I actually went in the so you went slightly forward in time. Yeah. I went backwards in time. I listened to Beautiful Day by you too. And I listened to it, and I went like, oh, this is U2's version of Madonna's Speed of Sound. Ooh. Because I, I took it as, like, like I'm still relevant. Like, and I, I do love both of them. There is a version of both of them that I love. But Speed of Sound was Wait, the moment. Wait, Ray of Light? Ray of Light, Ray of Light. You're, you're getting Coldplay. You're, uh, I, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I inceptioned Coldplay into you. All right. I'm, I'm like. I'm we, like we're both I'm a six-pack like, in. I'm like seven beers deep now. I tried but to go was, to I tried to go to music, which is a yeah. Different but it was, it was it was it was that sort of like I have to self check and be like, who the fuck am I? I'm nothing. I'm I'm bullshit. I'm not actually creating anything. I'm just critiquing, and I'm I'm a fucking asshole. But knowing that, it's 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 that self reverential like you know like I'm I'm relevant, right? Like it's that that kind of check in of like you know I oh I can still mainstream and I can still be and I can still exist and I'm like no just exist the way that you are. And and that's like a needy kind of feel that I get from it. I feel like this this is the exact point. Like we can draw this line where Bono goes from being like a rock star to an ordeal. Mm. Like there's a point where we, if we're paying attention to Bono, it's just like, ugh we're He's paying not attention a rock to star. Bono. He's not a rock star. He's an entity. He's no longer like yes. Bono of YouTube. He's Bono. Yes. And David Thorpe, I think I referenced this previously when we talked about them with the sweetest thing, was David Thorpe, uh, a music writer, has this great line where it's like, Bono has ruined the following things, iPods, sunglasses, philanthropy. And it's like completely accurate. Um, And I just saw an article where it was like, U2 delays their most recent album so they can edit it for a post-Trump world. And like, look, we're, we're recording this on fucking the day that America died. I'm like, this is Inauguration Day, and we're recording this. But that sentence still makes me just want to go, fuck you. Like, I don't give a shit what Bono has to say about that, because I don't care what this rich Irish guy has to say about that. Like, his philanthropy rings as false as, like, Sean Penn grandstanding at the Oscars. It's like, what Fuck you, dude. You don't know what it's like to not have health well, insurance it's, it's, for a day. It's, it's in the same iconoclastic, again, we were talking about Coldplay earlier. Gwyneth Paltrow recently Christ, released yeah. a jade egg. Yes. That oh, was my good. God. And multiple actual doctors, gynecologists, have been like, do not sell this to your subscribers. This is not good for them. This is unhealthy. Stop it. I Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> I am going... I'm, I have not yet entered med school. I'm going into it. And I can tell you that that is really fucking good. stupid. It's not good. It doesn't take a genius to figure that shit out. You want toxic shock? Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? A great way to live your life is to never listen to Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. You're going to be okay. You're going to be so healthy. If you use it, oh, as a, so healthy. use it as a baseline, don't name your kid Christ. Apple. Don't make shitty country music. Don't stick jade eggs anywhere. And you're going to be okay. <laughs> Um, this video is also very pre-9-11, because the video, he's, like, going through an airport, 
and like just stomping around free of security. He's like riding oh through a baggage. God. He's riding on a baggage claim. So I didn't fully watch that, but that is interesting because it's like you don't think about and um the 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 biggest closest to nine eleven thing I can think of is uh, two films. Uh, there's Love Actually. Oh, when the kid the jumps the, the airport yeah. security, yeah. There's Love Actually, and there's actually in Dogma, Kevin Smith film, that uh, two angels hang out at uh, the arrival gates. Oh. Because you could still get up to just the arrival gate and and just, you know, interact with one another. And that doesn't... There's a whole generation that's just like, oh, well, no, the, the TSA's always been around. And yeah. just... We always take our shoes off, and I don't know why, but we do. Do you have anything else to say about uh, Bono or Beautiful Day? Christ, no. Good. Um, <laughs> so here's – actually, I'm interested in this band because I forgot that this was on there because I made a bunch of these, uh, you know, loyal viewer or listener. Uh, if you're listening to this, you might follow the um, the playlist links that are on Cage Club. The inc- This video, Incubus's Drive – got deleted and I just had to re-edit and I forgot this was on there because I made these so long ago. I missed out on the Incubus train. Mm. Um, the last time I thought about the phrase Incubus was when I unfortunately saw Suicide Squad and Incubus was a character in it. The, the Incubus train is not a thing I, I jumped on. Okay. Um, so I think there's some good Incubus songs. I think Stellar is really good. Yes. I think Pardon Me is really good. But again, going back to uh, Coldplay as like a single band, like Incubus was like, I knew the singles, I didn't know much else. And then I remember, like, Megalomaniac, their, like, anti-Bush album was real embarrassing. So I just, I just went, no, I'm good. Tell me why – I'm going to cede this to you because I have nothing to say about this uh-huh. other than it's fine. Is there anything to say about Drive by Incubus? So my connection is really personal. Okay. Um, That's what this is I'm about. And I'm just going to – I'm going to reach out to the peanut gallery real fast. I can't see him. Is Avi still over there? Welcome um, to the podcast, Avi. Hi. No, I, I have a really kind of – deep connection to this song because uh even though this album and this song came out in 2001 uh avi uh, when did you come to to bridgewater that was 2000 and 2001 2001 yeah all right so you were uh i was in eighth grade you were in eighth grade all right so the first time i met you i was it was older though i thought i was a junior and you were a yeah, we didn't meet until, yeah, I think your junior year, my sophomore right. year. So in my junior year, I had a, um, I had a, this is, this is, this is my connection to this song. Um, in my junior year, uh, I was very avidly involved in stage crew and, um, the I, CDs. I, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I made sure that I, I scored the track for every day at, at, you know, stage crew practice. I had a massive book of stage crew practice. How many how many beers am I down right now, <laughs> Mister? I've been drinking bubble water. What were we practicing? No, we were we were we were working on a we we're working on a production of I don't know if it was The Wizard of Oz. Maybe it was either Wizard of Oz or Pirates of Penzance. I think it was Wizard of Oz. We were working on a production of Wizard of Oz, and I always brought music for us to to work to uh, uh, backstage building sets, building building backdrops, and out of my locker. Uh, literally an entire book of CDs got stolen, which was all of the music that I had. It was... Uh... For those of you who are listening who... Um, like this fictional youth that is listening to this 
dumbass podcast that doesn't <laughs> exist. Uh, a CD book was when you had a CD <laughs> book, a CD-ROM book, um, and you had to put a book of CD-ROMs. You had like imagine a binder that you would take to school with like individual pages, but the pages were made so you can fit. Uh, compact discs into them. It's amazing that you keyed in on that. And carry those discs from place to place to place them in a CD player. You're just like, I'm alienating my audience right now. A CD book! I had a catalog of CD-ROM music Mm -hmm. that was stolen out of my locker. So how many CDs did you lose? (sighs) Easily, like, over... Over like eighty to a hundred. That's like a whole collection at that point. It, it was, like, it was, like it was, hundreds it was, of dollars. It's a bummer that I can say like it was movie. It was like full albums that I gave a shit about to like movie soundtracks, like the soundtrack to like GoldenEye. <laughs> and the things that was just like no, I had them. And these were these were retail purchase CDs, so that's like that's two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah it, it was at the time it was. Mr. Avi, last name Nosh. Full name. Uh, <laughs> uh, went and made me a full spindle of uh, of burned CDs of, of of albums that he he made himself off of his uh, his computer, and one of them was was Incubus's first album. Grabbed it off of Kaza and uh, LimeWire. No, I was I was uh, far ahead of my time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was already on Morpheus by then. Oh. Well, and he was using Winamp to play his, his files because oh, it really, it really whips, whips the lot of ass. ass. To be fair, I didn't stop using Winamp until around 2007. <laughs> Jumped on SoulSeek and grabbed those audio but, files. You no, know, after I graduated from Winamp, I just stopped listening to music on my computer <laughs> but this, until like last year. But thanks this, Google Music. This guy just like walked up to me with like. 50 CDs on a spindle was like, these are yours. Don't say thank you. And just like walked away. 200 on a spindle. No, he's just, he was, he was like, these are yours now. Don't talk about it. It's the fucking nicest, shittiest thing that anyone's ever done for me. Cause I was like, I want to say thank you. And he was like, don't say thank you. Cause I'll punch you. And that's that, like that, emo, that, man. that's yeah, that's <laughs> oh, you're emo man. still emo man. Um, that, that was the tie-in for like, that's how I, I learned Incubus Drive was from, like from that. He, uh, he gifted me Incubus. You're welcome, the gift bro. Of- <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, like this song, and again, I don't know a lot of Incubus. All of those songs rock a lot harder than this one. Like yeah, this song right. is, it, but it's also not a ballad. It's just like the boring one to me. To me, this guy who doesn't really know Incubus and doesn't think that a shirtless Brandon Boyd is that interesting. Like, the video is cool and uh, and are nice. Listen, audience, in <laughs> 2001, it was about the video. I guess. But, I mean, Drive was... It, it, Whoa, is this your episode? Sorry. I mean, I can tell you what it meant for me because I was on the uh, Ocean City, Ocean City, Maryland Bridge driving down after a breakup. And that's what it meant to me. It was a coming-of-age thing. That's well, that, I mean, me. exactly. That's And in a different timeline... I'm going to, in the, in the recommendation section, I'm going to talk do you, about... Do you want to establish who you are on the podcast? Oh, you don't have to. I'm Joe. It's fine. He's one of our audience members. It's fine. This is what happens in the live episode. Yeah, you'll probably hear him on a future yeah, episode. I'm going to make him... Coasters. Coasters. You've already been... You didn't know this because you weren't here yet, but you got referenced like eight or oh, nine I'm times. I'm so sorry, audience. You didn't have to. It's, it's so sorry for you. But yeah, I just I feel like I, ha- I had a good friend who loved Incubus. Uh, Shouts to Rick. I just I feel like I missed the Incubus train. 
when we're getting to recommendations, I'm going to recommend a band that the breakup stuff was like, this band got me through that first breakup, you know? Okay. Um, and I feel like, you know, Incubus was that for a lot of people. Like, Incubus landed here, and I was over here, and I, I just missed it. Like, Incubus is probably a band that, you know, I, I joked that that La 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 song, like, in another life, I'm I'm rolling on ecstasy at, at a young age and, and loving that song. I feel like it's very, way more realistic that I liked Incubus in another timeline. But you, you see that, like, there was a moment in my life that I could have been really hardened again. And, and that's what I tell me about drive. Like what, yeah. like sell drive to me. So again, but like that, that's, that's, that's the difference. It's just like, this is my connect to this song happened after the fact. It didn't happen when it was big. Mm-hmm. It was just that I have a really good friend who really took care of me. And that's my connect to the song. It wasn't like, Oh, this is, this is my jam. When it's a jam, like this isn't this isn't like a thing when it's big and this is my shit and I'm like using my phone. no like my my connect is personal and it's actually almost after the fact probably if you if you worked it up like two years it's always it's it's gonna be after the fact. So you think you're in like 2003 when the, when you connect to the song? No, yeah, it's 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 delayed. It's a it's a delayed thing. So I I can I I even even in so that's interesting. I'm looking at a song that's on a, uh, a now album through a already retrospective lens. And then you're like inceptioning that. Pretty much. There's already yeah. a layer and there's a layer on top of it. That's really cool. Let's finish up now volume six okay. uh, with the closing song on this, which is Everclear's AM Radio. So you would listen to the music on the AM Radio. On now, uh, we've taken turns using art as a punching bag mm-hmm. um, because this is second album ever clear, or at least I don't know if it's actually their second album, but second album that was popular. Their whole first album was, hey, I'm really upset about my father and my childhood was real, that. really a disaster. That was my notes. Well, this, this song. And my notes literally were like, I... Happy he wasn't singing about his sad childhood or dad. Exactly. That's my notes. This this song he's saying like, remember those good times from the seventies? I'm like, no, because I know you art and <laughs> your childhood was terrible. Don't also, tell me I that noticed this that uh, so the lead singer of AM Radio or no, no of, of Everclear. Well, I'm Art, I'm, as we know him on I'm, this show. I'm like many drinks drunk. We are um, fucking hammered. Art. Uh, Alexanderis? I still don't know how to say his name. He looks like Sam Jones from Flash Gordon. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, like a lot. Like he's he's like he's gonna fight Ming. Like he's ready. He's the quarterback of the Jets, and he's he's gonna he's full ten. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's the whole point. He's he's gonna like he wants to take down Ming. Like that's how he looks, right? Just like more like heroin chic because it's the ninth, like it's the late ninth. This is the first time he's got a long, like a long hair kind of yes. thing going on. But um, he, he looks like him. But this is like Everclear. They used to do sad songs about their dad. This is like them doing a really bad cake song. Mm, this okay. song does not work for me. And I complained about the other Everclear songs being too samey and like you don't need to sing all of your songs to your therapist. But, <laughs> But, like, this 
song is too far in the other direction. Like, don't sing about how much your childhood sucked, and then sing about how great it was to be a kid listening to the AM radio and There's watching... There's an extremely fine line between reminiscing and lamenting. This dude has never not lamented. But, and that's the thing is, he tried to kind of... And you're right. He's never not lamented. He tries to backtrack into reminiscing, and it comes across as disingenuine. It does. Di- yes. That is a great single word for the song. I don't need someone to tell me how great it was in the old days. Right. All that makes me do is go, fuck you. Like, like, yeah, my dad told me how great it was when he was watching the Brady Bunch, and like... I don't want that, and I don't think kind art... of a kind of a decent dose of member berries. Yeah, I don't think art is purposefully doing that, but his music just doesn't get to exist today. Mm. It had a very small time frame, and it existed in that. And I hope he made a whole bunch of money. Good for him. I don't want any part of it anymore. Mm. Also, I feel like the video for this. The video for this has, like, um, his mouth CGI'd onto, like, characters from episodes of The Brady Bunch. I feel oh, like a bunch it's of, weird. A bunch no, of commercials yeah, were weird. spawned from yeah, this, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's like a, it's like a car commercial or, yeah. like, a, an insurance commercial. See, and, and that's the thing is, so, watching that video and listening to the lyrics, my, the note I wrote was, he accidentally found a demographic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, like... He did this thing, or they made this thing, and they're like, and a bunch of people were like, "Yeah, things were better way back when." And they're like, "Oh, that wasn't the point." We're, oh shit. Yeah, he does this thing in the song where he's like, "We loved rock and we loved soul, but we hated disco." And then, like, the song samples Mr. Big stuff, and says, so "Like, really? I think you are mistaken about you're, your childhood. You're wrong. You're just wrong." Yeah, it's it's a weird song, and I think it's. It's weird that I think this is the worst Everclear song we've covered when I really haven't spoke highly of Father of Mine or Wonderful. Mm. It's fucked up as it was like, I'm happy he wasn't singing about his sad childhood or dad. People like to mock people in our generation now in 2017 for being addicted to nostalgia and remembering the old times. No, that's always been a thing. Art was doing that in public a long time ago. Yeah. Like, this is not... A bad song, but like I said, it's a bad cake cover. <laughs> like, or like, um, a, uh, when Weird Al does those covers that aren't actual covers. Oh, it's Pocus? Like style covers? Yeah, it's Pocus. It's like, I'm doing like a, a They Might Be Giant song. Those are my wrong. favorite parts yeah, of all of his albums. This feels like a, a, a style cover of cake, and yeah. it's bad. And this to be the closer of a now whiffs hard. Mm. There's some songs that just miss now. And that's a shame, because we should be covering them. And we're going to cover three songs that are worth acknowledging from this time period. The first of which is an artist that still is very relevant today. Uh, It's Alicia Keys with the song Fallen. She's going to be around for a long time, and she's not going to really lose this quality that she uh, that she stakes a claim in right here. Alicia Keys again, fucking kills it in this. It's it's heartfelt. It is 
passionate and you can yeah, again uh what we as much as we made fun of Ard Kelly or poked fun at R. Kelly, you can feel you can feel, you can actually feel a connection to the song that's happening. Like there's a real thing that's happening. There's yeah. an emotioning there's an emotion that's being presented and you know, you can deal with it or fuck you. It's honest. Honest is a is a really good descriptor for the song. It's really real. It's very uh, it's soul music, uh, and we haven't seen that. We've we've done a lot of R and B that is just huh, generic and not very good. On now, all the way back to now, Volume One. This song just it's stripped down. It's a piano and some extra instrumentation and a great voice. It it feels very. One of my favorite musicians of all time is Nina Simone, and it reminds me of that not so much in sound but in spirit, if that makes sense. Would you put it like, like that that feeling of like feeling good? Nina Simone's feeling good. That oh, well, like that break of like, and I'm feeling good, and that it, like the horn brown, comes in. Yeah, brown, the brown. horn session comes well, in. No, nothing. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Nothing's gonna hit that, but but there is a passion. There, there is, and it just it feels like. A soulful artist in front of a piano. No producer is fucking with it and saying, we want it to be this. Like, this feels like Alicia Keys. It's a, it's a raw track yes. recording. And it's it's not a traditional pop song. Uh, there's not a whole lot of instrumentation. There's a lot of air there. It's not overproduced. Mm-hmm. It's not in 4-4. It's in, like, 12-8, um, I think, is the time signature. If like, I'm just trying to do it in my head. Put your tweets down. Like it's just it's just not a traditional time signature. It's in a minor key. It's a song that shouldn't be on the radio, mm-hmm. um, but it is, and it's so good, and it's so passionate, and it's just a microcosm of how good she's going to be in the future. And I don't think she's ever going to hit uh, a song that punches this hard. And that that whole her whole album, I think it's called Songs in A Minor, is very powerful. Like Alicia Keys is going to be a singer songwriter that is is great in the future. Uh, but she is going to do stuff like "Let's Hear It from New York," which is is much more accessible, uh, and that's okay. It, it, it's good that she still persists to this day, mm-hmm. fifteen years later, and this is a great start. And this song is so good. Uh, moving on, we are going to. Are you actually recording? Yeah. Oh, we've been recording the whole time. I have so <laughs> much to edit. I have like forty minutes to edit. Um. Cool. 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 Moving on to Outcast with Miss Jackson. Mm. You know the story behind the song? I didn't. Not at all, because so, I am bad at my homework. So we know that Andre 3000 had a bad relationship. Wait, did we just keep? Did we just skip the Alicia Keys song? We finished it. We did it. Oh, uh, okay. So we know that Andre 3000 had a bad relationship because of um, Hey Ya, which will come later. Yeah. Um, but th- he was in a relationship and had a kid with Erica Badu. And this song is to her mother. Wait, really? No, yeah. it's, it's not like like... It's not like the, the the metaphorical Mrs. Jackson. I mean, the Jackson's not the last name, but it's it's an apology to the mother of Erica Badu because he was uh, so like close to that family, and he was like, "Yeah, this was bad," and I like the family. Like, I feel like everyone who's been in a relationship, like a long term relationship, and got to know really like someone's family or someone's friends, like you have that breakup, right? Like, I certainly I broke up with everyone's had that breakup. You're cut off from that yeah. family and no, friends. You're done. It's like. 
man, I'm never going to talk to like her mom again. I'm like, I really like you were so tight, and it's just that's it's just it. over. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what this song is. It's it's, hmm. it's for Erica Badu's mother. So is that why he spends all that time like? Ripping down wallpaper in the video? The video's weird. Because the video's weird. When I added this to omissions, I wasn't sure why. Like I, I, I did, <laughs> Why it's an omission? I, I did the omissions a long time. A, it should be on a... So why why, why did you add it? Well, the, the better question is why did I add it over Bombs Over Bad Dad or mm. So Fresh So Clean of the same album? I think it's just because I love saying forever, ever, forever, ever. <laughs> I, I love doing... It's you like, think it's like it, a should, personal, it should have permeated the pop culture. It's like a personal meme. Yeah. Um... All of these songs are good. Like all of the songs I mentioned are great. Right. Um, I, I wanted to put. I know that I wanted to put Outkast in because hip hop is underrepresented on Nows. There has not been a real rap song from one to six, except for Shake It Fast. But like that's kind of a gimmick. So you're song. saying up until this point, do you think comp? You know, like currently it's better represented. Like, does it get better in future years? I certainly right hope now? so. I mean, I haven't looked too far ahead on the Nows. Okay, um, I hope so. But like right now, like the fact that they have not put Outkast on here is is criminal, shameful, shameful. And we're gonna get Hey Ya on there. And then we talked about how like Hey Ya will make like that kind of stuff acceptable to white culture, which now is so directed. Looking at it from 2017, do you think it's a conscious choice not to involve for the people who are making the compilations? Yes, yes, they didn't want They're to. They're blatantly quote, just like we're not going to acknowledge this. Genre. Uh, they had a. Uh, I feel like the quote that they uh, the 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 buzzword that they used was urban music. Uh, I'm making air quotes here. I'm I'm sure that that their decision for urban music was doing the R and B kind of stuff. The Casey and JoJo's like that was what was filling this. The, the, they're coming at it and they're sort of like, no, we placated that genre, so that should be fine. Like, yeah, that's. Oh, I feel oh, like they they are. Th- this is someone who is is via like focus group. And what is big on the uh, Z100 of both the West Coast and the East Coast, because that, that, that station has different versions on each coast and the big pop um, radio station. Like, I feel like they're not playing Outkast. Uh, so they're just like, let's just do the R&B. It's, it's, it's mm. much easier for the palate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to put Outkast on here because Outkast is fucking great. And they're going to remain great, and they were always great. Like, like they're going to stay great till like you know, gonna, you're going to international players anthem in like 2007, like way after um, Hey Ya. That's a that's not their song; it's a UGK song, but still, like that's them. Um, right. Like that, that player part, uh, like all that is is really them. But this this is like an interesting song, and really, my only question is what I made this you know before now and again started up to here on the on the missions, but like. My question to myself was, why did they pick Miss Jackson over Bombs Over Baghdad or So Fresh So Clean? Uh, and I still don't know the answer to that. This is really good. And, and you think about, like, the chorus. Like, sorry, Miss Jackson. Uh, did not mean, mean to make your daughter cry. I apologize. Whatever. Like, just those words. Those very basic words. Like, you give those words to 90... You give those words to 100 artists. Mm-hmm. Like, 95 will not make a chorus as good as this one. Right. Like, this song is so good. Like, maybe today, like, I just miss, I think I just miss Outcast. I feel like that Keen Peel sketch yeah. about what happened to Outcast is, like, kind of accurate. Yeah, painfully. So. Yeah. yeah. So what's your final pick? Well, the last song, I mean, I guess we have to go into it now. Uh, usually the last song of the emissions is kind of a gag. Uh, it's just for funs. <sighs> Crazy Town's Butterfly. Come on. 
come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. This was a song that was released then and was pretty famous. I hate this song. I love this song. My notes basically just say LOL. Um, and is there a song that presents itself as um, more douchey so quick? My notes ask me why I haven't gotten a tattoo of the song lyrics. <laughs> you could get a butterfly as a tramp stamp. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. Um, do you have anything to say about this song? Other than as just kind of like this gag to like, hey, remember the song, the song? or the video? Because they're very, very different. They are. If you want to talk about the video, let's do it. The I video want to is very – um, if, if, if people don't remember it, one of my favorite Robin Williams films, What Dreams May Come. Sure. And his entire afterlife takes place in uh, Monet, paintings. Monet paintings. Monet yeah. paintings. And that is literally what this music video reminds me That's, of. That's how I can see that's funny. You're laughing because, at me already? No, no. It's just funny because I, if we're talking about famous artists, I wrote down that it looks like it's in a trippy Lisa Frank painting. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking trapper keeper. This isn't a Monet. Oh. So like this video was about a tattooed dude trying to fuck a a, a fairy. Not a fairy. A um. A nymph. Uh, I call her a whitey dread. <laughs> Pardon? Well, it's, it's a white person that has dreadlocks. Well, I... Scientific term. <laughs> I, I've got on record as Very as, as really despising white people with dreadlocks. I, I get that. Uh, but is is there anything redeeming about this song? The sugar baby part? I Like, no, I'm, I have a mouthful of taco, if you can't hear that. That's about what this song deserves. Yeah, that's pretty much there was this weird obsession with this song when it came... Like, it, it's one of those, like, you want to be a part of it. It was just a good single... You can't explain it. You can't justify it. Like, it was a bad thing. You knew you were a part of a bad thing. Explain where you were. I cannot. Yeah, it's just, I, you know, like, you, can't, you fucking can't. You can't. That's, that's fair. Um, All right. Sugar Ray's first single. Fly? That was a... That was, a, uh, that was an exception. That song on that album, it was a slow, it was essentially a slow jam. It was a cool jam, we'll call it that. But that first album was like punk alternative metal. It was bad. It was bad. So was this. So was this. But that one song stood out, and so they marketed it well. This song from Crazy Town is not like the rest of the album. Well, I don't believe that. I, no. You're going to tell me that Crazy Town has like a... Smarter album beyond Butterfly. Oh, I didn't say smarter. A musically different. In um, this is marketable. The rest of the album wasn't. So you've listened to the entire Crazy Town. Oh album. yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Don't be judgy. I'm judging a little bit, <laughs> but I'm also trying to remember that it's like 15 year old you. To me, this is honestly one of the worst popular music songs ever. It's. Terrible. How can you smell anything with how high your nose is? No. <laughs> I was all into insane. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you hold the moral high ground on fucking no, Crazy no, Town's no, butterfly. No, no, I do not have any kind of high ground. It's just like being shitty. I think this is a good place for us to play a game with the audience that we normally don't have. This game uh, is is new and does not have a name or a title or a song to lead us in. It's the new game. It's the new name game. that douche. It's new game. Name that douche. 
Um, so my question. Just to bottle that laugh. By I'm the way. To. He's he's our Andy Richter. Yeah. He's worse. So much worse. Andy knows his place. My question was, <laughs> if Crazy Town's Butterfly was a song, what would that? It, it, it is a song. It is. A song. It is a song. If Crazy Town <laughs> Butterfly by Crazy Town was a human being, what would that human being be like? Describe them. Asking for me? He's the University of Austin, Texas. <laughs> Austin, Texas? Yeah, Austin, oh. Texas. Wait, specific? Yeah. That is in Cancun for MTV Spring Break. What year? 2001. Okay, alright, alright, alright. I'm not done. His, his name is either Chad or Brian. Definitely. So, Brian is in Cancun for MTV Spring Break, and he's there with his college frat. And he is only attracted to the, like, that w- no, what we would call festival sluts now. <laughs> I don't know what the 2001 term was. I've never heard that phrase. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, that was, like, interesting about my notes is that I, I watched the video for uh, O-Town's Butterfly, I was like, oh, this is how Coachella formed. O-Town's Butterfly? I want to hear that song. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy Town, Crazy Town Butterfly. It was, it was like, oh, this is the beginning of Coachella. Like, this is how oh, it ooh, started. And accidentally roofies himself and gets a butterfly tramp stamp. Definitely has a... Yeah, that this dude has a lot of tattoos that are regrettable. This song was everywhere. This is song is a part of our lives, like... Isn't this someone you know, but, like, kind of hate accidentally? Like, isn't this the guy you see every week at the same bar you go to, but it's like, God, uh, why is he harassing oh, the same God, just... Chad's here. So, yeah. Is he harassing? Is he sexually harassing that same waitress again? God. She's 16, man. So this is the... <laughs> Sexually harassing the guard girl who's seventeen. I think we're thinking of Chad O'Brien now in 2015, like oh, what he is now. Is there an actual person named Chad O'Brien that has wronged you? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's wronged you though. He's wronged all of us. Yeah. Chad O'Brien has, <laughs> yeah. Chad yeah. O'Brien has wronged all not of just, us. Yeah. Not just me. Oh boy, this song is terrible. Wonderful. Oh, no, it's what every fifteen-year-old girl you, liked in a bad boy. Do you know all the, the Do you know most of the words of the song? No. Can you tell me any lyrics from the verse? Come on, lady. Oh, no, no. I've exactly. I do not. The video, the guy in the dare shirt. Just like, oh yeah. Uh, I think the, it's the epitome of like. Well, like it's it's like, lampooning like, drug culture because it's like we're all whitey dreads, blondie dread fuckheads. What was, and, what was MTV like at that point? Terrible. Amazing. Was it, was it like the song? Yeah. Well, yeah, no. It's the it epitome was very... of what, like, yeah, the rock, rocker that just, instead of doing super grungy, they're all, like, clean cut with a bunch yeah. of metal in their face and tattoos instead of... <laughs> I mean, a clean cut... Like that... But this guy smells like fucking patchouli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this guy exists <laughs> only in the margins of an East Meets West in the East Brunswick Mall. I think you need to explain that oh, one. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the worst mall in New Jersey. Why would you cite that? Because it's fucking crazy town. <laughs> I have a real person. Oh, Good follow-through. That was, that was a solid my, joke. My real person that I think 
would be the person if Crazy Town's butterfly was a person is Rob Ford. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's Did pretty Rob good. Rob Ford really died? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Really? you're the asshole. No, my son. He is dead. I don't no, feel bad at all. That guy deserved to die. You shouldn't. My spirit, he was a horrible human being. My spirit animal. That would. You know what? Crazy Town is too purely American to be Rob Ford. <laughs> I think Rob Ford was too purely American to be a Toronto. <laughs> that's, that's, no, that's fair. No, he's right. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. So we're done with so now. Name that douche. <laughs> name, name that douche is a pretty good name for it. That might happen. We're going to move on to a segment called Rap Genius. There wasn't a lot of Rap Genius gold on here. I'm going to be honest with you. Do you want to take... I'm going to give you an option of two songs. Um, okay. Do you want to take... It's going to be awful. This is no good. Do you want to read the lyrics, not the explanations? Oh, God. Do you want to read the lyrics of It Wasn't Me or Yellow? Oh, my God, I want to read Yellow. Oh, my God, I want to read Yellow. You're not on this. I... I would. Mm, my dyslexia tells me that reading yellow would be easier. Look at the stars. Look how they shine for you and everything you do. Yeah. They were all yellow. <laughs> This is actually kind of a letdown, as yellow stars, Class G, are the fifth brightest stars in the sky, and only 7.7% of the stars in our solar neighborhood are this color. Most of the stars we see in the night sky are Class A, the third brightest, while Class O stars are the most brilliant, but also the rarest, comprising just 0.00003% of the stars in our solar neighborhood. This has happened before. Is there are people on Rap Genius who will go in and like scientifically fix songs? Can we please <laughs> do another one? Because that was unbelievable. No, that's fun. it. That's, oh, that's it. come on! That's it. Um, oh, bullshit! You're gonna have to read the annotations next. Mm. So we're gonna go back and forth here with Shaggy's It Wasn't Me. If she say a night, convince her say a day. Shaggy suggests. He not only deny everything, but insist that it is the opposite of what she say or believes it to be. Possibly, referencing William Shakespeare, The Taming of the Shrew, <laughs> in which a man insists to his wife that the sun is the moon in order to make her more obedient and... So do you believe for a second that uh, Shaggy is referencing William Shakespeare? Jesus in- Christ, no. <laughs> Not even a little bit. That's, that is, that is the, <laughs> that is, that is, that is, that is the biggest reach of, fucking, uh, JPP doesn't have that reach. At that any, is, even a little bit. That That's is drawing, bullshit. that is drawing a line from point <laughs> A to point fucking R. It's insane. <laughs> that is just stupid. Um, but hey, the lyric, picture this. We were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. Very difficult to do, as your knees are in extreme danger. You need to at least have a rug down on the floor, or some knee pads. (laughs) Especially if it is ceramic tile. (laughs) 
<laughs> Although, to be fair, cleanup is extremely simple. Uh, yeah, I think you pointed out before that uh, fucking on a bathroom floor would be pretty gross. So gross. But cleanup would be easy, of course. Yeah, no, day. it's, you know, come on, bleach wipes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> so uh, we got a notation about uh, how fucking on the bathroom floor is, you know, not the best call, but <laughs> at least easy. Uh, we can let this out and I can not put it in. Weirdest place you've ever fucked? Oh. Mm. On the bathroom floor of the weirdest. All right, so that, that would be Puerto Rico. So this is the entire country of Puerto Rico would be the weirdest place you've ever had sex? No, you you you, you narrowed it down to bathroom floor. Oh, oh, I see. I, no, I didn't ask what the weirdest bathroom floor you've ever had sex on, but that is a great answer as well. Weirdest place you've ever had sex? That is... <laughs> rooftop garden. No, I love that, no, roof, I love that roof, you... No, rooftop garden. Morristown, New Jersey. No, I know. I love that you had enough bathroom floors to narrow it down to yeah. a country. Well, that no, is you're like bathroom fantastic. floors. Like, well, this is like out of the continent of the United States, so here. Oh but, man, no, that we're, is we're, we're, we're this place. I'm like, oh no, rooftop garden. I've had sex on a rooftop garden. Same partner. She's probably mad at me right now. <laughs> I don't care. So, Chris, um, 2001. We usually do a recommendation section. Is there anything from 2001 that you would recommend people in 2017 go back and explore if they haven't? All right, so I'm going to Fast and the Furious. That was now. 2011, 2001. That's when it started. 2001. And it might not be a good film, but it's like, it's kind of a multi-million, like, multi-million dollar franchise. Like, this is where it started. I have a memory of that movie. Um... We were talking about how you would just go to the movies mm-hmm. and see a movie because you were 16 or 15 or you had nothing else to do. Um, I went with some friends to go see Fast and Furious before Fast and Furious was a thing. Like, now you go see that and you're like, you know what you're going to get. You're yeah. The Rock and you're going to get Vin Diesel on the cars. We just went to see the first one. And I don't know if they oversold it. That doesn't seem right. But I think they just – people just snuck into that movie. Right. Like, and, and they just went to see that. Yeah. So me and two friends got into the movie theater, and I th- I think there was like it was three of us, and there the only three seats were in the front row, so we were just like no fuck this, and we just sat on the stairs of the movie theater and we watched the first Fast and the Furious movie from the stairs in a stadium seating theater. So I have not seen that movie since then, but like I have oh, a shit. I really like the later Fast and Furious movies. Like once The Rock comes in, I think it's a really you can't good franchise. Not like it. Do you- um, uh, the, the next list I have is, is one of my favorites because it changed multiple times right now, uh, is, is Jimmy, Jimmy world. Cause it was Jimmy world and then it became Jimmy world bleed American. That happened after nine 11. They, they, they had changed. to change. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They changed the title and they changed the, uh, the set list yes. on, on the album. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to talk about it, and it, it, it it's it's it still bothers me because I have an original because of because of Avi, I I have the the original set list. That's kind of what we talked about with that uh that Bouncing Souls album. Yes, where they just they had to be like, oh, something terrible happened. Let's switch things up. That's Bleed American is a fucking fantastic album. It's it's brilliant, and, and it's the it's the it I think the pinnacle of like pop culture punk rock pop culture like meeting and and it just like uh texas the reason was was what emo was supposed to be and then it got ruined emo started to change around right 
now because we're going to get dashboard confessional yes. soon, and the definition it ruined it. it again, it's you can always point to the band that ruined it. Yeah. You can always you can always point to be like, no, they fucked it up. They're the ones that fucked it up. This is where it was supposed to go, and they they. And I don't think, like, Chris Caraba was like, I'm going to make sure the line from, like, the promise ring to me... It's not his fault. It's not. And I don't blame him for that. I think he's... That first, like, acoustic album is fine for what it is, but it just distorted stuff in this weird way if you're someone who wants to, like, identify stuff via genres going back, like, ten years. Again, when, when I try to suggest to people, like, Vinyls that they need to own, promise ring, thirty degrees of everything is that's necessary. Yeah, but there's a lot more that goes on with that album that you can't just hear in that album. You need to understand what was happening right. in the scene. It's hard to draw a line from like Jawbreaker to Dashboard Confessional. Ever. Exactly, can't do it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend what is, and I mean, it, it, I think people can argue this. Um, but so much of it is tied to where we were at that age and at that time. Um, I'm going to recommend an album that came out right around this time that is, to date, very likely my favorite album of all time. Mm. Uh, it's From Here to Infirmary by Alkaline Trio. Mm. I think it is the best pop punk album ever made, and nothing comes close. I don't think there's anything that's ever been... <laughs> From cover to cover, every single song is a masterpiece. It's rare that an album comes out where everything on it works and fits the not only the theme of an album, but the theme of the band. And Alkaline Trio, I, I think I've mentioned them a couple of times on this podcast. Like I've hinted that I really like them. I don't think I've ever come out and said, like, they are the band that influenced me in a lot of ways. Um, and it's weird because of where they are now, and it's very different. As, as you know, Matt Skiba is now in Blink-182, which is very, very different from where uh, they were with this album. It's an album that hit me at a time when, like, you have your first breakup. At, like, f- freshman year of high school, like, the end of freshman year, going into sophomore year. Like, that's when you have that first breakup that, like, hits you in a way that matters. Um, and that album hit me at the right time. Like, I acknowledge this as being a breakup album. It's a three-piece band, and every single instrument is crafted and created in a brilliant way to create songs that are perfect and then have lyrics and har- and harmonies and melodies that are just great. Um, From Here to Infirmary is a flawless album all the way through, and I say that 15 years later, it is perfect. So I would say if, if you're into... Punk, like punk, uh, I mentioned Jawbreaker previously. If you're into that kind of sound, this carries through to that. That's a little more poppy. I think it's a it's a perfect album. Um, I'll I'll go to the mats and say it is one of the best albums of all time. Chris, where can people find you? Well, I mean, if they want to follow me on Instagram, they can follow me at Crazy Talker zero thirteen. Besides that, uh, they're just. Yeah, dumb out of luck. Like that's pretty much like that. They're they're just straight up dumb out of luck. That's unless fine. They know my, unless they know my name. Being an internet guy is not a uh, requirement of being on this show. In fact, uh, I don't. I, I prefer it almost in some ways. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for spending uh, a lot of time on this no, live this was, episode. This is actually kind of fucking awesome. You will definitely this be back. Chilling. 
Fuck you, bitches. I'll be back. If you if you'll have me back, that'd be great. This has been uh, the live episode has certainly been an experiment that I don't know if it will be repeated or not, <laughs> uh, but it's certainly been something. Thanks again to Chris, and thanks so much to our studio audience for all of their participation, both on that episode and spoilers in the future. Check out the playlist for next week over at cageclub.me, where you can also get all of the show liner notes and links to where you can find our guests online. Follow us on Twitter, at NowAgainPodcast. I'm getting better at Twitter, I promise. Right into the mailbag, NowAndAgainCast at gmail.com. We will be announcing some ways that you can directly interact with the show in the not-too-distant future, so be prepared for that. And, as always, loyal listeners, we will catch you, you know it, on the flip side. If you think I'll sit around as the world moves by, you're thinking like a fool cause it's a piece of do or die. Out there is a fortune waiting to be had. You think I'll let it go? You're bad. You got another thing coming. You got another thing coming. That's right. Here's where the talking ends.